Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is February 24th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. I love, I opened up the the Honda uh, leaderboard and I see Tyler Duncan and Adam Shank right next to each other. Two, two nondescript guys. Ben Taylor, you could throw him in the mix too. You got three, three guys that would be hard to pick, pull out of a lineup right there. T4. Ben... Taylor, I could not pick out of a lineup if I if he walked into this into this room with a sign around his neck saying I'm Ben Taylor. I don't know that I could pick him out of a lineup. That's an old like Tony Kornheiser line. I'm not originating that, but I don't know much about Ben Taylor. I apologize. He's far more accomplished in life than I am. I'm not suggesting he's. I just I I that one doesn't resonate with me. Duncan I think he's Shane a rookie from now. England. England. Okay. I think Ben okay. Taylor. He might be That's a great. he might Congrats be a husky boy. He might be a husky boy. If oh, I, I well think I've I'm seen in. him on the telecast one in. time. I'm fully in then. Uh, but Duncan and Shank, I've become well acquainted thanks to the the vagaries of this insane podcast. I now know them quite well. Uh, aren't they both Purdue Boilermakers? Is that, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, both they're them, both right bo- bo- Boilermakers. Ben Taylor is a burly so, boy. The new burly <laughs> well, boy on tour. <laughs> An English burly boy. All right. I love it. I love it. Uh, and Pearson Cutie's up there. There's a baton boy and a burly boy side by side. Maybe we'll have a weekend of that. What? Where'd he, he play? He played at LSU. Okay. From, from Epson, the printer of the town of the printers, Epson, London. Epson, London. Is that, that- neighborhood in London? I don't know. Uh, yeah, probably a district. I'll tell you that boy. That boy was probably rail thin when he went to Louisiana, and then he just <laughs> fattened up on that New Orleans and Louisiana food, those boils. And now he's a burly boy. I'm sure he was. Um, congrats to Ben Taylor. Love it. 67. Pearson Cootie. 66. How about Pearson Cootie? Who would right have seen up your, this coming? Oh God, here we go. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, Imagine that. I heard the. Uh, I heard the PGA Tour social team is flying in Donna Kelsey to, to do a social contest about <laughs> having two boys in the same contest, playing for the same trophy at the same time. And I, Pearson, I, they're on opposite ends. Parker, I think, was taking his lumps last I looked. Maybe it was early in his round. But uh, yeah, that's I your Honda. He, he had a putt to get to one under. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Maybe I looked too early and he was... He was down the leaderboard because he was, you know, one over through two or something. No, he was T one thirty three. Well, you know, 74. the great thing, the great thing about it today is, you know, you can you can search Cootie and you can pull them both up right away. Yeah, he was one under through. Uh, I guess that was he must have played the back nine first. They yeah. paired them together though. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, I was aware. They. Hey, I have, have to say, I have to say, I'm gonna give credit where credit's due. You know. We've seen the tour be extremely rigid with PGA Tour Live, and it's like, oh, we're going to go to these players. I turned on ESPN Plus, and I'm watching a non-member, two non-members play a lot of golf today, which I thought was really a huge step 
a step in the right direction for the PGA tour and like them leaning into actually like what is the, maybe one of the more interesting stories this week in their event that doesn't have a ton of huge stories is two brothers playing golf, you know, that aren't PGA tour members. And they showed a lot of their golf, which I thought was great. The main feed on ESPN plus is good. It's like we have a real broadcast now. It's kind of all you need. Some people say they just keep it on feature groups once Golf Channel comes on in the afternoon because there's just fewer commercials and that's all they want to see. But the main feed is good. You're right. It, there's not that sort of cook the books like we had at PGA Tour Live when there's PGA Tour Live voting, the democracy, the fan vote Friday was all sort of a, a sham election. Um, it, it's improving. Not a bad leaderboard given the circumstances. You have Joe Bramlett um he's, from he's been he's been relevant a few times this year yeah former golf week cover boy he's been on the cover of golf week it's, it's a bygone era a lot of these guys can't say they've been on the cover of magazines because there aren't many left um uh billy horschel twirling his baton around south florida it's the florida swing we got my baton bundle came through the mail today i literally opened it as i saw he was on the leaderboard so this was perfectly timed up we're like, hey, when should we release this? Florida Swing, you know Billy Boy is going to pop back down in the swamp, the Gator Boy, and here he is with the 65. Been wildly inconsistent this year, but he goes to Florida and shoots 65. You can go to the shop. By the way, we have international shipping for prints, photography, posters. UK, Australia, um, not, and Canada. Not merchandise yet. Not merchandise but yet, but prints, posters. Progress. There's some good. There's we're getting there. So that's a big development on the shop front. And the shop, I gotta say, there's some really good layer stuff in there. There's some good polos, some really good hats. Uh, yeah, go to if you're a club TFE member, you have ten percent off at all times. But the shop is is looking good these days. I'm I'm really pleased with what some of the yeah. stuff we put in there. Um, Mike's been killing it. The pro shop. Uh, lots so yeah, of different Billy layers. Boy. Lots of different brands. So go in I'm there, peruse happy. if you're interested. Quite happy with the layers. Um, Billy Boy, 500. Do you have any other Honda classic thoughts before we keep it moving here on this whip around Friday? I mean, this event is just such a total crapshoot. I feel like you what could just catch, mean? you know, like guys miss cuts all the time. Guys come out of nowhere and play well here. You know, you, we've seen the last couple years, uh, guys that have the lead blow huge leads on Sundays um, or Saturdays on the weekends. So this is, you know, one of the things about this event that I think the redeeming quality, I'm not a fan of PGA national. I hate, I don't like the golf course at all in terms of golf architecture, but it does have a redeeming quality in terms of professional golf where it is like a chaos factory. Anything could happen out there. And I think that that from that standpoint, it does have, um, you know, some redeeming qualities to it that like you tune in on a Saturday and this is one that you can't take a nap if somebody's three or four up, you know, it's not easy to rock this one to sleep. Uh, Matt Jones, that one year, I mean, that that was an event that might as well. That was like a historic ball striking year. It was. It was. Now he's now he's a ripper. Now he's a ripper. Singular. Are you downloading? It's Ripper. Are you downloading Live Golf Plus? I I'm still having to read through the explanation for it. There's it's about a two thousand word article outlining their outlining how you can 
you know, access their broadcast, which is not good if you need a lot of words to outline how you can access their broadcast, the Ripper. I, I'm not doing that to get Matt Jones, but I may do it over the next day or so to watch the, the Mayakoba. Um, anything else from Onda as it, that started? I don't think I have a whole lot. I, I agree with you on PGA National. It can be interesting. There's this little you know quirk of the course, this gimmick that they can lean into for the broadcast called the Bear Trap. It's ill-named, as we know, because it, you know it's a human trap that's trapping you. It's not the bear. The bears aren't the ones being trapped. Um, but it's got a big statue. I do like it as a TV product, but other than that, it just this event doesn't do a whole lot for me. I wrote a long article, too long, twelve hundred words, on the kind of the fall of of the Honda Classic for the Club TFE blog. But it's like remarkable, and I'm not sure what the tour is going to do here how fast this fell. And I think it's like a big mindset shift from Tiger. Tiger moved to South Florida in like 2010, 11, starts playing this in 2012. Tiger played on the West Coast. He played Tory and like match play. And that's it. When match play was Dove Mountain and bounce around out there. And then he'd play like three or four weeks in Florida running into the Masters. And that was kind of how the PGA Tour schedule used to be or, or the cadence of the, the larger golf and the larger zeitgeist used to be that. It was sleepy on the West Coast, except for the diehards, because Tiger would play Tory, And then all of a sudden, Honda 2012, 13, 14, before Tiger got hurt, was this thing. And it, it dovetailed to Bay Hill. It, it had a stronger field than Bay Hill one year, Honda. Like, that's how big it was. And then it dovetailed the Doral. And all of a sudden, like, now we think about golf in March 1st because we do Florida Swain and the Masters. And I think that mindset shifted for the better, right? We, we think the West Coast Swain is some better venues and, and more variety and more interesting crowds and things like that. But it's wild how fast that happened in a decade that this thing just tanked. And, and now you have guys, you have however many top 30 pros that live within you know, 30 minutes of driving to this course that just do not go because they can't because they have designated events week before, two weeks before and then two weeks after. So sandwiched around four. So it's wild how fast that changed. And now it's it's got no title sponsor and probably moving to a different date. So um, that's your Honda Classic. Can I do um, for the Club TFE? We have, we've started a segment called Design Disasters. Club TFE blog, another reason to subscribe. Got got a few in the hopper. I'm going to do an audio design disaster here because I got, I woke up to a three-minute audio message. I can't play it. I've been forbidden playing it. From a European tour caddy talking about the 17th hole at DLF. At DLF? Yes. So 17 the one. This makes me like 17 a lot already. 17 the one that- people's skin. 17 is the one that shows up at all. It's the monster rock outcroppings. Like you're just it's hitting the one up a, is like wa- up a, a mountain. Wall. Yes. Yes. So the cat, one I of mean, my favorite holes. You see the, the flag. All you can see is the flag amongst all these yes, know, ornamental yes, rocks. Yes. Yes. So the caddy, while we're on the subject, in his rant, and I wish I could play it before he's got an accent. He's like, complete shithole. Like it's just a <laughs> shit. And, uh, but he said, related to that, we're going up this hill. Apparently, the owner, the billionaire owner, said it wasn't high enough. It kept telling Gary Player, higher, <laughs> higher, higher. And they just kept building it up this mountain, and you just have this rock up outcroppings into the sky. 
So I love that a detail. The like he said, it's just an awful, awful hole. You have to lay up five irons, but you're laying up to like a thumb, a thumbnail or a a, a, th- a needle, a, a thumbnail, whatever thimble, thimble. That's the word I'm looking for. And he's like, it's instant divot. You're hitting into a divot because every ball, this five iron. So he's like, you're shitting your pants hitting a five iron, which shouldn't be the case on like a par four. But you also know it's going right into a divot every time. It's just this little bowl. And if it runs out, it runs to the rough. He said it's 270 to carry this creek with the driver into the wind, which is iffy for a lot of these guys. But you could hit it to that. But then you have a shitty little like 90-yard shot up the hill. These rock out. <laughs> he said it, it was just this three-minute rant. Design disasters. And I love the the uh, the detail of the owner demanding that it be built up higher. And just as some balance, this caddy was like, it's not like a horrible pro tour golf course he says the amateurs just have to quit at the halfway house there's no way these people get around there's an island hole in the front but like it's like got a psychotic little like u.s open type test to it where where you know you you have to play well you have to like chip and putt and you also obviously have to be pretty precise tee to green but yes other than 17 i just to hear him outline this it's like you're hitting a five iron maybe trying to drive her this creek that bisects the fairway because, of course, why wouldn't there be a creek that bisects the fairway? And everybody's hitting out of a divot uh, uh, uphill to a blind green that falls off everywhere and surrounded by rocks. So keep an was, eye. That's my design disasters for the day. I was texting with you earlier in the week about, like, you know, if we had enough people join Club TFE this week, I would go oh, yeah. review dlf go do a whole drone tour of dlf i love the idea of of guys hitting to a small space filled with five divots. iron one of yes. the things that the divot does divot divot will take like five yards off your approach shot and yep. and yeah. like it, it like uphill. it comes it comes a, out a little bit lower so yeah. i just love the idea of that when you have to hit an uphill shot over rocks like i love the combo of like putting somebody in a precarious situation where you don't like when you're hitting out of a divot you don't want trouble short at all and you have to hit it up a mountain i mean this hole sounds amazing i mean the, and the, I, this is this is so bad it's good. This is, this is the type of stuff that you want to see these guys have to deal with every once in a while. So I went on the website to read the whole uh, description. It says extreme visual drama and playing options, which it sounds like it's the opposite of options. If there's just one area that's all divots, it's the opposite of options. Extreme visual drama and playing options will greet you on this par four. Select the appropriate club off the tee to set up your approach shot to an uphill blind putting surface. A very strategic and intimidating hole that requires a lot of thought and precise execution. Again, sounds like it requires very little thought, requires execution, but very little thought and very little options. It's the opposite of that. And everybody's hitting it to the same divot filled five iron place. All right. That's your design disasters. Uh, The battleship kind of, I don't know if he ran aground, but he's not doing his best. Fortunately, we have Shub Shark. There's too much hype around him. He's struggling. The European tour is out there interviewing him. He's struggling with expectations. Savant of DLF. Um, there were just a lot of rounds in the 80s. Uh, a lot of rounds in the one, I think, touched 90 on the gun. Somebody hit, hit 90 on the gun. Uh, maybe an amateur, Sandeep Yadav. Well, uh, I, you know, one of the things I like is that the European tour, instead of saying withdraw the WD, they use retired. Retired, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so that's your DLF update. I don't have anything else other than the design disasters for the 17th hole. Should we talk about live a little bit on the do- yeah, sure. doorstep Why of the not? season opener? Um, are you downloading live golf plus? What is that? Can you explain what that is? It seems I, I like it's an app to way to wa- watch it, but it seems like you can't watch it on Fridays on the weekends. You can watch live golf plus. I don't know exactly. I don't, I don't understand the whole CW. It. I'll figure it out maybe someday. I, you know, I, um, I, all right. Yeah. I, I want to talk about something. Pat Perez is such a clown. Well, we knew that. This is like whole, like the reason what are you most He's excited happy. about that? The tour is not here. What's wrong with this guy? Like we just, have the receipts. Why can't we just? Why can't you just like be happy that you got way overpaid and move on? We have the receipts. Not just a year ago, Riviera of him talking about how much he loves the tour and what it's done for his career and how he rides with Tiger and how this is all just a we, go to year interview. I read the whole thing, and now like. I get him taking the bag and going to play. Like, I, I, I mean, I get it in, within this context. But, like, to be such an agitator and such a malcontent after you're already on the record as being so grateful and admiring of the tour within a year, he's a clown. He's full of shit. Like, this is, like, it's such a pot shot. It's an unnecessary shot. And I know the tour like has made this adversarial too, right? They've gone after live. And so some of these guys want to respond in kind, but it's just a weird thing to say. Um, it sounds like it's maybe, maybe some of these guys are starting to understand what they've signed up for. There's a lot of social content emanating from Mayakoba. A lot of these guys. So golfers, it's a pretty singular insular pursuit. You kind of stick to yourself. You're very, most of them are very particular. Most of them don't care or are unaware of how they fit in the larger world and that we're all, you know, a global community here and we work together. That's not really how a golfer operates. And now they're at Brooks Kepka's doing Q and A's on Instagram. That doesn't seem like his lane. Cameron Smith's doing these goofy-ass TikToks on Live. I just hear there's a lot of grumbling about what's going on. Did you see that stupid, weird, exploding ball thing on the range? What what are they making? This just, they're throwing, these chuckle fucks are throwing a ton of shit at the wall with no strategy. There's Adam Woodard's tweeting some picture of a bunch of like stuffed animals. It looks like one of my kids' bedrooms on the range for for no reason. It's like a Sonic the Hedgehog lineup of stuffed animals on the range. It doesn't make any sense. We're just throwing everything at the wall. And so I, I'm I, I'm understanding that there's some agita about and look the bank account is better and this is what you do. This is what the money's for. But golfers are pretty singular, insular people. And now being asked to do these little sawn and dance like a circus bear on TikTok, I don't know that that's going all that well down there. So that's what I'm hearing from Liv Mayakoba so far. You have any other thoughts? We're getting, looks like there's team bags. Big, big boy tour bags. Everybody's got to wear the same uniform. Big boy pink range goats bags. 
Uh, we'll see how it goes. I, there was, of course, the cave cave content, which we fully expected. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't know how long this is going to go for. Do you? Um, Are you having I, doubts? I mean, Year two. Not off to the strongest start. Greg Norman's riding a, a bicycle around with a basket in front on the front of it. And shorts and a, and a polo, which is fine. I don't give a shit about his attire. Well, I just need to see Jay Monahan riding a bike down the $18 million driveway at the players in a couple of weeks to respond in kind to Greg Norman cycling around. Is this, um, my question is like this, you know, are, are they, the team set? Is this no. what it is for the year? Oh, because I that's what it was supposed to be, right? I mean, would you? Would, or do you think they're set? Would you be surprised if things are just they're just everything's a f- on the fly and turned upside down? And by I think they have to be three? mostly set, right? I don't think anything is has. That's to be the set whole in point stone. of year two was that they were going to be set because, like, that's the what I'm what I'm interested in, if this is what it is. I think they're going to struggle if they bring more player. Like, again, this goes back to like what we talked about. Like the strength of this league is when they sign big players. That's the interest. And the best part about this is they missed their whole chance to do this all off season. And then there's the way, way we find out allegedly how these things came to be is from a golf digest, Middle East article, oh, which God. is comical just full of, full of just, just who's the author comical. on that dirty Mike. Oh, oh, so, oh, so it's it's a live live dot com writer writing for Golf Digest. The only surprise in this is that it didn't end up at SportsIllustrated dot com, given that yeah. seems to be the clearinghouse for all things live these days and, and rankings. Um, which, what did that say again? What was the Golf Digest Middle East? The, the, all right, the, you want you, know, you want the DJs intro? You want the I got intro to this? Yeah, go ahead. Peter Uline was on the practice screen at Live Golf. Bangkok last October, hoping to get a feel for the greens at Stonehill, a brand new course unfamiliar to nearly every golfer in the field that week. Suddenly, he was approached by Dustin Johnson. This was no friendly chit chat, consider it a business meeting. Dirty hey, Mike. Dirty T-shirt. Mike getting some, you know, writing flair here from Dirty Mike. <laughs> <laughs> With the pen. Hey, All right. DJ said, don't sign anything. We may have a spot for you next year. By then, Uline was well aware of the rumors circulating among the players that Talor Gooch <laughs> might leave Johnson's wildly successful four aces and transfer to Bubba Watson's team. Uline, then a member of Smash, had decided to wait until after the season before committing to a team for the 2023 That's number Live 70 Golf in the League. world, Peter Uline in the <laughs> SIWGR. He was like 300th when he left. He's now 70th in the SIW world golf rankings. Go ahead. So he, he leaves. Uline certainly enjoyed playing for Smash, captained by his friend and former roommate, Brooks Kepka. He was grateful to have found a home after bouncing around a few teams early in the season. His game, in fact, had never been better. And although he didn't know it at the time, Uline would find himself battling Kepka in a playoff the following week for the individual title at Live Golf Jetta. But anyways, so then he also knew you think that DJ's Kepka, on the putting green talking about like that. 
I got a spot for you in Bangkok. Uline also knew that Kepka wanted to add Matt Wolf to the Smash roster. Matt Wolf. This is insane. And eligible for all four majors this year. That's the other big news. How about this quote? Brooks's team obviously was very successful. We had a win in a good Miami week, but the four aces are the oh. four aces. It pains me to say this being a Red Sox fan, but the four aces are like the Yankees, right? And when the Yankees call, you answer. <laughs> this is just preposterous. And the I mean, fact that these guys go up there all together and do these team interviews together, it, they're just all cowards, you know? Like, Peter Uline up there chuckling when DJ was talking about not watching the, the Netflix. Netflix show. I was just looking at, like, this guy, Peter Uline, he, you know, Pat Perez is an offensive live guy. I think Peter Uline might be the most offensive of all of them. Never has really done anything. It's like this is the definition, and I guess it shouldn't surprise me given, you know, his life in general to this point of a guy sitting on third base thinking he had a triple. It's just like he's just sitting there like he's standing up there with DJ like he's conquered the world of golf. And I, I don't know how many major championships is he qualified to play in in his lifetime and he's never going to probably play another major championship in his lifetime so i'm i'm just done with peter uline in general yeah that's that sounds you know brian cashman has been called into question recently signing a lot of unproven uh misallocated funds and maybe that's uline joining the yankees here an unproven guy who's never really done anything so i mean SI world golf rankings aside, if you put so, Talor you and talk Uline about those? side by I'm, side, I'm sure, sure most people don't know sure. because SI is pretty irrelevant. But oh, Sports Illustrated has uh, drawn their line in the sand. They are officially, I think, like you could pretty much say they are are bought and paid by Saudi Arabia here, um, as it's been pretty clear the last year that that's the case. Um, their golf division has a nice little racket going and they have, uh, they've released maybe the worst attempt at a golf rankings of all time. I think I could put my daughter, give my, oh my daughter come on, a, a list come of on, golfers and she on, could come up with a better ranking system than they, these. Now you're being, you're being extreme. You're being an extremist lobbing grenades here. No, but yes, I, it's, a, it's, it's seems like a pretty craven attempt to, court kowtow to um an interest and live that they have clearly had an issue with i would suggest it's intriguing to me that they sports illustrated just laid off a lot of people in its in its sports division no none of the golf division not only that but the golf division is traveling to bangkok traveling to Jeddah, traveling to mayakoba not cheap that's what the sports illustrated did in the 90s when they had the expense account of a you know of the largest corporation in America. It's interesting to see this happening. Um, of course, Authentic Brands Group is the parent company, Sports Illustrated. That Authentic Brands Group is also responsible for managing the Greg Norman brand, the Shark brand, you know, the shirts you can get at Costco and wherever else. So very powerful, you know, it's made him a ton of money earlier in his life. Um, so I think there are, as it was reiterated to me today that there is a real conflict there with the Authentic Brands part. Um, and now we have a world rankings. Do I think this is really going to go anywhere? 
I don't know. Do you? I don't think it's going to catch on the SI World Golf Rankings. Are the Masters going to start? Um, Augusta National is going to start adhering to the SI World Golf Rankings. I don't think it's really going to go anywhere. Do you? This isn't catching on with anything. So I think that's that's your, I don't know, latest media rant, I suppose. Um, yeah. I don't else? think this is going to catch on. It's a wildly awful uh, golf ranking. Distance so. per shot. Distance per shot. I mean, this this came out it's Wednesday too compl- after too our complex Wednesday. To 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 uh, calculate strokes gained, which, as it was pointed out by everyone, as long as you have scores, raw scores from an event, you can figure out strokes gained. You don't need like shot link for everything. So uh, I don't know. It's an interesting attempt. Uh, it, it's coincidentally sponsored by LA Golf, which has Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau on its board. It's a pretty kind of transparent. This is also, by the way, like, I think we're pretty, like, equitable here and are calling out of conflicts. Like, like the Golf Channel has a rights deal with the tour. They have a deal with Rory for Golf Pass. Golf Digest has a deal with Tiger. Like, we've called this out in the past. We're just calling out the latest one. So, like, I think we're pretty equitable here on at least recognizing that there are conflicts for media covering both sides of this now. Um, all right. Should we do SGS golf advice? Yeah. You got any, let's, let's, let's go to SGS on. golf advice brought to you by club TFE. This is a quick Friday episode. We got to keep it moving. Yeah. Um, sign up, sign up for club TFE, uh, daily content. If you want more from us, this is the place to get it. It's, uh, we're doing our hangout today. That'll be up, uh, probably Friday uh, that is basically just like a live podcast with Q&A stuff. So I got one here. Um, we'll say this is from Jack. Um, Jack. Okay. Hey, says Jack. he's going to respect our precious time and dive right okay. into it. I love it. I'm 26, live in Philadelphia. I've played golf and caddy for 12 plus years now, which is to say that I've spent a lot of time on golf courses. Yet today, this was sent earlier in the week, last week, I witnessed something I've never seen nor heard about. Quick context. I was playing Reading Country Club, a fun, quirky Alexander Findlay design about 90 minutes from my apartment. At $20 to walk, it's worth the drive, and I would formally nominate it for an egg ranking rating should the team ever make it out. Well, news to you. I have been out to Reading Country Club, and it is a wonderful little course for 20 bucks. I'd love to see, you know, that that's a golf course that's got a lot of potential. Um to be a lot better i think you know it gets in its own way some but obviously i think for twenty dollars it is a great Good. great deal and okay. a, it's worth the drive out um fun fact it was also byron nelson's home course that being said during my round today i realized that on every hole two cups had been cut on the green what i figured this was because they're likely short-staffed in february don't have the manpower to cut cups every day, so it's easier to move the flag between two locations. Okay. At twenty dollars with interesting architecture, who cares? This is this is a great overall sentiment here. Attitude. When you when you're when you're going to public golf courses and you're looking for good values, this is a great attitude to have. At twenty five dollars, it's okay that this is a little scruffy. And uh, and you'll probably find some of your favorite golf courses if you have this attitude. I came as a single and was paired with another single. In front of us were four older sirs who insisted on pulling the pin for every putt. It was painfully long round watching them pull the pin when the best any of the four could make is a double bogey. But again, $20. Cool course. Who cares? 
Their slow play is not the source of my ire. This is a good written, well-written email. Um, on the second hole, I noticed that when I lasered the flag with my Precision Pro, while they were putting, I got one number. But when I forgot that number and reshot it, I do this all the time. I always yeah, forget course. the number. Yep. Yep. Reshot it after they left the green, I got a different number. Then on the third hole, I watched intently as one member of the group pulled the flag, handed it to another member of the group, who then at the end of the hole, rather than put it back in the hole, which was pulled, put the flag in the other hole that was cut. This proceeded to happen 12 of the next 15 greens. What's happening here? So they're taking it out of the one hole and moving it to a different hole. Okay. Sometimes being moved to significantly more difficult pin locations. For example, on a 200 plus yard par three over water, whereas they played to the generous location in the back right, they seemingly maliciously moved the flag to a hole in the front left, 10 yards from the front edge, 15 yards past the water. First, this is crazy, right? I felt insane in the moment again. I've never seen anything like it. At first, I thought maybe the super had told them to rotate the pins or something. I did have a 12.10 p.m. tea time, but they didn't do it on every hole. Second, what was the proper thing to do in this situation? I oh, Okay. Is that it? Uh, yeah, that's I don't, it. I don't, like, I mean... Is he mad because he kept lasering and then have to re-laser because they would flip it up on him? Sounds like these guys had their prerogative. I think it's okay. I don't mind it too bad. I don't think there was really big intent here to to like kind of jam the guy behind him. But it just sounds like these guys were maybe not real on top of it in general. And were just bouncing around, throwing the stick in every which hole they saw. Or, would, you know, just picking and choosing. I don't think you have a reason to be that angry about it. I get that it was harder on the one part three, but if there's multiple cups, I I don't get it. Like you're you're just play to the cup where the flag is, whether it's changed in the last five minutes or not. Just play to the flag. No, what's wrong with this? Do you see you have a big issue with this? No, I think it's kind of funny. I get the as annoyance at the inconvenience of having to shoot well, it again. But I guess the one thing that could be weird is like if you're on a par five and you saw where the flag was and you hit a shot with that in mind. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. But I angles. love I would love I'd love if there were like four how cool would it be if a course had like four flags cut or four holes cut every and it just changed throughout the day. People could put the flag in different places. That's good. I like that. You, you know what I also kind of do? You know, everybody does like, it, it, not everybody, like there, I feel like there is like a short fad of this, like two greens, like having a hole yep. with two greens. I kind of like the idea of a hole with two greens that you have to pick which way to play and you could change the way you play, which hole you play to in the middle of the hole. That's pretty good. I like that. I I like I like, I like this thing. I think I, I'm in on the cutting two cups in winter. Like it's February in Pennsylvania. You know how much golf yeah. is being played. I'm kind of in on it. It's a way like I think it'd be fun to do this this way all the time. Yep. 
Yeah, I kind of like it. I take no issue with these guys. I have no, uh, yeah, no umbrage with the, the, the double bogey brigade up ahead. That <laughs> just putting the, yeah. Uh, I got a quick one. Relevant for the current moment from Eric. My wife really wants to watch Full Swing with me, and normally I'm excited when oh, she wants, had this wants to watch one of, quote, my shows. However, I'm anticipating she will ask me a million questions during the show, making it impossible to watch. Do I say yes to watching the show together? Please advise. Absolutely. You yes. have to do it. Yep. Here's why. Listen, this could be some short-term pain. Maybe you have to pause the show. Maybe you don't get to enjoy the show exactly how you want. Maybe yep. your wife asks a bunch of questions. Short-term pain is, you know, the long-term gain, obviously, is that maybe your wife will be more into golf and you get to watch more golf in the long run. This Identify is a no brainer character. Absolutely. Keep up with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I've been yep. hearing a lot of feedback, anecdotal feedback from like, from casual fans that they're Not, really into it. Yes. I think this has, you know, succeed, succeed at least broadening interest. I don't know if it's broadening the tent and they'll stay, but it's broadening interest. And you know, we did full swing thoughts. We were critical of some aspects. I think we praised a, a lot of it. My official recommendation is to watch it. Watch it with your wife. Watch it by yourself. You should watch it. And if your wife wants to get into it, then do it. And yeah, you, you might have to answer the questions and, and go through that. But absolutely, everyone should go watch this and try to get your significant other in on it, too. That's an easy, easy one for me. Um, but I get the, I get the uh, sort of repeated inquiries problem sometimes i understand that not necessarily i'm full swing but and i do it for other things uh as well uh what else do you got you got another one uh that was my other one the, the day i met ian poulter that's a pretty oh, funny that's, one uh, that's, that's a not long a, story it's not, not a question. question we'll have to maybe <laughs> it's a good story it's a great poulter story but it's not really a question so okay. um okay stolen I mean, valor here we go this is from Greg. Long version. He hit a par five and a blindish second shot from 247. He looks, he hits it. And then moments later, he looks up in horror as a foursome in front of us is walking up the embankment to the next green. He's already hit. Uh, as, as an aside, hitting in the group in front of me is second greatest fear on a golf course behind being paired with that sex couple, the, the horny couple. Uh, we obviously thought they were off the green. We get up to the green after some time searching for my ball. We find it in the hole. The three others in my group are freaking out. My first thought is the group in front of us was pissed. I hit up and decided to mess with me by dropping my ball in the hole. I immediately drive down to apologize to the guys. And they said the ball was coming in as they were leaving the green. However, the vibe I got was far from one I would expect. And I, and really laid the apology on thick, but they just shrugged their shoulders and said, basically, yeah, cool shot, bro. I was pretty low key about the whole thing afterwards, but it does come up in conversation. I feel like I've handled it with the balance it deserves over the years. But I'm just bummed that there's always been this doubt lingering and couldn't really enjoy the moment or be happy about it. That is shitty. And it all hinges on these two guys' reactions when I went to apologize. That's amazing. Just that they didn't sell it or jump. I'm 99% sure this thing went in, but there's that 1% that isn't so confident. My question is, if there's this level of doubt about the legitimacy of a double eagle, am I breaking some sort of code when it comes up? One percent doubt. I don't know. I that's this. This is, this is an uh, excellent juxtaposition with the uh, the father-in-law hole in one. Was it that uh, the frame hole in one? Yeah, the whiff yeah, the hole whiff, in one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, the guy has some like realistic doubt side. about it. Yes, yes. I I think the doubt's real. 
right? It seems like it. I love how he says it all hinged on these guys just kind of being like, cool shot, bro. That's like, this has sowed the doubt for years. The doubt is fair. It's fair. I mean, you can't do anything about it now either because like you can't contact them. I think like the, the moment in the moment in time, you really needed to pin them down and yeah. you, sh- you should have been like, listen, are you fucking with me or did it go in? Like that was the moment right. when you could have eliminated the doubt. Right. What if they didn't see it? What if they truly didn't see it? They were walking, allegedly walking up the embankment. I mean, you would probably hear it or see. It. I, I don't know. Then, then you're kind of up a creek. You're like, I, we didn't. You, all they can do is deny not doing anything. Um, I, I think you have you to claim just, it. You have to claim it at this point. There's no way you can't live your life worrying about this. And f- all facts, all signs point to it went in you did your due diligence in a good faith way i guess you could have tried to just get more out of them (laughs) but like can we can we remove the doubt from your brain no that's always going to be there but you absolutely can keep claiming it and claim it with 99 percent certitude a great great kind of dilemma here at the at the end of the day like the only reason people like having whole ones or eagles or albatrosses is for the story and from that standpoint you've got like the best story is i don't actually know you know this is a great story yeah. like yeah. did it go in or not i'm not sure i all sides point to yes i do love that like your playing partners were way more excited than you were that that to me that's a, that that makes me want to play golf with you, you know. Yeah, you ever you have a you have a particularly bad hit into someone's story or anything like that that really yeah. Like, one time in college, or... one time in college, um, I was playing the orange orange course, the Illinois orange yeah. course. They got an yeah. orange and blue course. Yep, real not great courses. <laughs> yeah, yep. But anyways, um, one of the guys in my group hit into the people in front of us and this guy came back and was just like i thought it was good and he was like a big dude that like clearly spent a lot of time in the gym this is when um this was in what was that supplement uh it started with an a was really in the um you know the steroid yeah like creatine effective and andro Yeah, Andrew. I mean, like this, like this guy looked like he was like, you know, this is like the early two thousands. This shit was yeah. like in, you know, <laughs> this guy was like, like he spent a lot of time in the gym and was hopped up on some creatine, you know, yeah, yeah. and um, and I was like, this this could go really the wrong way here. This could yeah. go, and like I don't like I didn't know the guy. It's like I don't want to be like. Yeah. Be the the bystander that's caught as an associate of this guy because right. like I just came yeah. out here to decompress yeah. after a day and yeah. play a little bit of golf. This was like right. the one round a month that I'm playing, yeah. you know, and the last thing it was dark. It was like darkness and that's why the guy hit into him. It's yeah. like he's just trying to finish. It was the last hole of the day and these guys drove back in their cart nut. Like the guy was so going so nuts. Oh, and God. it was like, what are we? What am I doing right now? Why am yeah. I here? Yeah. I don't think I played golf for like the next three months because of the, <laughs> the situation. Was there any physical altercation or just a lot of hollering and, and going on? A off lot of hollering, that? pushing yeah. the guy. The guy was like effusively apologetic, but this yeah, guy was sure. all hopped up on his 
his Andrew subs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and he just like he wasn't having the the apology. It's just like I'm sorry, man. We're yeah. all just trying to finish golf. We're just yep. trying to get it in, and I'm sorry the ball rolled by you. But the guy yep. was like, "You could have killed me," you know. Oh God, it sounds like yeah, whatever. It was a bad situation. Have you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hit into my kids' a new school first school outing fundraiser deal. They're new. My kid, like you know, happened September, so we're at the school like three weeks, and I hit into. Two women, like, so already it's like the kindergarten, it's his teacher and like another woman at the school and like already like they're women, they're they're like, it's an outing that's mostly guys and like, so you want to make them feel like comfortable and I wasn't trying to chase them or tell them to play faster and it was a blind tee shot, the, they were down the bottom of the hill and I just rocketed a ball, I caught one and flew right by them, I hit it past them. I almost hit them. I'm at a new school. I mean, they could have conveyed like I. I it's the one happens to be like my kid's precise teacher, like her, his actual teacher, and like they. I, I was so like horrified. It's like I was not trying to convey to play faster, and I also was not trying to hit you, and it was very embarrassing. I had to talk to him for about ten minutes. So that's probably my worst one. All right, that does it for this Friday episode. Thank you all for continuing to support the Shotgun Start, Club TFE, whatever else we got going on. Enjoy the Onda. Enjoy maybe the weekend not watching golf. It's like 80 degrees here today. Maybe maybe get outside. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys on Monday.